The following Toku podcast to contain spoilers from both past and present Tokusatsu, anime, manga, movies and other related media. If you do not wish to be spoiled we suggest turning off the podcast now. Otherwise please enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tokusatsu podcast, the best show about Tokusatsu you've probably never heard of. That's Jay, but... Before Jay does his intro, we have a very special guest that we're going to be interviewing today, a man that goes by the name of Eric McKeever. So please, sir, tell us who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Oh, well, hello, everyone uh, out there in the interwebs uh, listening on your device of choice. Uh, yes, my name is Eric McKeever, um, and uh, I guess I have uh, worn many hats over the years. Um, I'm here because uh, I'm a screenwriter and a director, um, and I recently did the film EK Boys, which uh, is in many ways a love letter to all things tokusatsu. Um, but uh, movies don't happen in a vacuum. Um, before that, I was a little boy who loved dinosaurs, and that led to a love <laughs> of Godzilla, and that led to a desire to make a Godzilla film one day. Um, and there's a whole, there's many years of stories there of uh, moving to Japan and learning Japanese and learning filmmaking, uh, which we can get to or not uh, as the conversation uh, continues. But uh, yeah, that um, it, long, peculiar journey uh, brought me here. So uh, thank you for having me. Well, it is great to have you. Mm-hmm. And of course, this wouldn't happen, this wouldn't have happened uh, if it wasn't for the, like, complete out of nowhere chance that jay was able to get which jay mm. you know give, give us a little bit of the skinny how this all came around well i'll delve into a little bit of how the uh the sausage got made for this particular batch uh <laughs> so earlier this year i had attended a local convention anime boston it's relatively big i mean it's not like it's not your anime expo or your otakons or those are the only two big anime con. Oh, yeah, Sakura con. Okay, it's it's not like as big as those, but it's pretty pretty big anime convention. So I had intended to go half because I knew a couple of fans were going to the show, and half because I knew there was going to be a screening of this, and I had just seen that. Oh, it listed on the um, what do they call it? The itinerary or whatever the word they use for panels. I had seen that it was listed for a show. I was like, oh, I saw the trailer for that a little while ago, and I've been meaning to sit down and watch it, so kill two birds with one stone. And it wasn't until I realized that you were actually going to be there where I had the idea of, hey, what if I, just as a complete hypothetical, throw that out to you if I ever get the chance? And you were there at the showing, obviously, and, you know, I... Came up there at the end of the showing, said my piece, told you about the, how much I enjoyed the movie, and shot the question. And well, here we go. AJ handled it all from there, pretty much. He did the uh, he did the booking. I was uh, I was just the face man for this particular endeavor. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, and I'm glad you did. Uh, I mean, Anime Boston was uh, it was lovely. Um, I mean, you know, there's there's big and then there's big but uh i mean there were a lot of people there and half of them were in really cool costumes and mm. yeah i mean they treated us to a really fun punchy screening um yeah i mean look they they it was a wonderful event and i had a great time and you know the reason you do things like this i mean you know 
promoting a film, what that really means is connecting with people. So that's kind of the whole point is to do things like this. Um, before we get to anything else, I actually have got a, I mean, there's many stories to share from, um, from Anime Boston, but one of the ones that I think it might be most interesting and I found the most touching is, um, you know, so I was, was wandering around looking at the guest list and looking at, um, you know, some of the voice actors there. And I was like, well, they would, I recognize one of those names. Um, so it was uh, Brandon McGinnis. And um, I, uh, <laughs> so I actually went to Japanese school with Brandon. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, back in, uh, well, it would be uh, 14 years ago now. Um, we had both graduated from college and we were in the Middlebury uh, Japanese language school together. Uh, both uh, on the eve of going back to Japan. We had both been to Japan. Um, I, I was going to pursue film-related things. He was going to pursue music. Um, and just, you know, really nice guy. You know, studied Japanese together. I actually ended up helping him get his first uh, full-time job in Japan. Oh. Um, and, you know, so we reconnected there. Uh, you know, and then, you know, life took us our separate ways. But... Uh, it was really neat. I mean, we reconnected there and it's like, we basically agreed like, okay, you know, like it's been a decade and change and we had a certain set of pretty, you know, pretty big ambitions that we articulated when we met right after college. And we've uh, essentially achieved a variant of them, you know, it like mm -hmm. it, it quote unquote worked out. Um, and I don't know, that was just, uh, that was a very sweet moment. So uh, there were a lot of good things that happened in anime Boston. That's, that is a uh, very interesting. It's funny how uh, it's one of those, again, chaos theory. It's one of those weird ways where, uh, life just kind of works out that way. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> chaos theory, but it's also, um, there's the entertainment industry. It never ceases to amaze me how small the entertainment industry is. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, you know, the, the, it's not even six degrees of separation. It's kind of, it's like two or three degrees at most. So, yeah, you're you're always kind of running into somebody that you know by complete accident, and it's just like, oh, okay, I guess they're here at the same time. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Boston was great. So, uh, Jay, mm. uh, do you want to start off with your questions or with mine? Um. Well, I I'm gonna be honest. I kind of lumped all in one big list. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess we can just uh take it from the top there um so you've already kind of gone a little bit about yourself uh just kind of what your general day-to-day -day life is eric but uh tell us a little bit my, my 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 deal more or less yeah but uh how how generally what what convinced you to sort of get into the entertainment industry where what was what was that spark that uh that kicked you into this life journey that brought you to here i guess is the the fancy way of explaining it yeah, well, uh, it's a great question, um, and I think it comes down to, um, I don't know, some mixture of uh, na naiveness and stubbornness. Um, I mean, I, uh, you know, as with many small children, you know, I daydreamed, and I did drawings, and I came up with stories. Um, I actually wrote my first book before I knew how to read and write. I, I dictated it to my mother, and then um, uh, did the illustrations for it, uh, and then actually turned into a three-volume illustrated book series, uh, culminating when I entered the first grade and realized how hard reading actually was. Um, the point being, I mean, and, and and you know, of course, at the time, it was, you know, everyone said, like, oh, you're so special. But 
I mean, honestly, I think um, that sort of that power and that drive is in most uh, most children, most people. I think we're we're all driven to create. Um, you know, we have ideas or come up with stories, and it it, it comes out in different ways. Um, and I think I didn't particularly think there was anything special about me, but I I just kind of kept at it. I mean, I, I think it was around the age of. 12 or 13 or so. I mean, that was when I, that was a 13 was when I wrote my first screenplay. And I think that was when I realized like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm keeping at this and other people around me are not keeping at it. Um, it, you know, and it kind of, it, it's sort of a, an evolving process because I mean, I, I made my first feature length film when I was in high school and I, I, I sort of, took note of although didn't really remark on the fact that like okay like I'm you know I'm organized like I'm conceiving of this I'm organizing it and there's plenty of talented you know people around me talented peers who actually some of them I think are objectively more talented than I am but they're not you know they're just you know they have these great ideas but they're not organizing and doing it and that's nothing against them it's just not how they're how they're put together um and just kind of kept from there so like you know, there's a there's a great quote from um, oh golly um, no it, it's um, uh, f failing me a uh, uh, Pixar director um, uh, did uh, the Iron Giant Brad Bird Brad Bird yeah I, I think it's from Brad Bird but it's you know he he says he he talks about like loving all the different forms of art but film is the one that allows him to play with all of the different forms of art. And, you know, I think that's that's really where I stuck with that one, you know, because it's kind of it's something where you don't have to uh, you don't have to choose. I mean, like, I mean, I, I love, you know, I love visual art. I mean, there's a daily um, painting blog that I follow, uh, you know, and I've, I've dabbled in acting. Um, actually, that was my first job in Japan was working as an actor. Um, and I can't compose music, but I love music. And, you know, film is just something that that, that allows me to play in all those sandboxes and you know another way of putting it is i mean the, the i i the thing that i really love about directing ultimately is that you're you're working with many different passionate people and you're in a position to activate those passions and empower them to do the thing they love and you know and you know you, you get to learn about it but you know you get you you get to push people to really excel at the thing they care about um and so yeah i mean it's Honestly, it's just kind of a process. But again, I mean, I think the um, the desire to do that, I mean, it started out really, really young. And I think, I mean, I don't know, I maybe I had I had good parents um, and I had a certain measure of, I don't know, na naiveness that just prevented me from reaching that point where I was like, well, I guess I need to grow up and do a do a real job now. <laughs> mm. I think everybody has that kind of moment at least once in their life. Yeah, well, I, I've uh, retroactively I've had that. Uh, unfortunately, they've been retroactive. It's like, oh, hmm, uh, you know, healthcare. I do need to get that thing. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fortunately, I'm still here kicking, and I don't know. I think mom and dad also gave me enough of a uh, enough of a measure a measure of responsibility to uh, make the. Me, make the unfun stuff work too. So, um, uh, you kind of did touch on this earlier, uh, with your love of Godzilla, but I want to know was, was being like, 
was being a, a Tokusatsu fan like just something that always was kind of in the background, or was that something that just became like stronger the older you got? Yes and yes. Um, it, I mean, so so it, it started out um, because uh, you know I, 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 dinosaurs were the first love. Again, as with many little kids, and like, the difference <laughs> is that I just haven't outgrown my dinosaur phase. Um, and so I was born in 1986, and when I was very young, there just weren't many dinosaur films around that my parents could show me. And even like when Jurassic Park came along, I mean, that's you know kind of kind of bloody and spooky, and you know I was a bit of a sensitive child, so it was like you know what what are dinosaur films that are safe for Eric to see? And it's like, well, Godzilla films were what were available, and you know sort of little did mom and dad know. Um, <laughs> so it's something, you know, that I loved, but then, you know, there were more Godzilla films coming out and it's like, you know, once you got access to the internet and start digging there, it's like you, you start discovering the bigger world. Um, and again, you know, the, the stubbornness of not growing up, I just stayed interested in that bigger world and, you know, that led to wanting to learn Japanese and, you know, really sort of go to the source. Um, so, uh, I mean, always there. Um, if you'll allow me to go out on a limb for a minute and get a little bit mystical about it, I mean, there, because of my interest in tokusatsu, I, you know, I've, I've met some of my dearest friends, uh, you know, in, in Japan and in other places. And it's one of those things where, there's no sort of like logical mathematical reason that I should have met any of these people and connected with them. But, you know, really, because if you, if you trace it back at some level, because of, because of Godzilla, because of Gamera, you know, it's like, um, I start to, you know, I, I started down a path that led me to meeting people who are really dear in my life. And, you know, we've, we've done things together. We, you know, there's, you know, there's an emotional bond. So, you know, I, I, I do believe that there are larger forces at work in the universe. And I think, you know, Tokusatsu was a conduit that, that brought me where I needed to go. So I think it's, it, it, in some mystical way, I think it's an outward manifestation of, of something deeper going on. It's a good way to look at it, in my opinion. <laughs> I, it, it's, um, it is kind of, it is true though, and I do uh, resonate with that sentiment because I think I I, I do I, I also like resonate with that mostly because it's true, uh, and I have felt that as well. Where it's like I think because of the love of Tokusatsu that Jay and I have kind of gotten to places that we never kind of thought we would in real in in reality. Like it's one of those things that because of that it led to a lot of crazy moments in my and Jay's life and you know as I mentioned earlier since I'm a voice actor I got to know people who have voiced in tokusatsu productions like Power Rangers and such and because of that it's like it's weird it's weird how my love of these spandex clad heroes turned into something that like oh wow you know we're actually here doing something important that's crazy to me yeah, well, I mean, I mean, there's many, many examples I can give. I mean, some some low hanging fruit from EK Boys is uh, so the poster was done by Bob Eggleton, who um, I I had loved Bob's art uh, growing up. I mean, it's so you know, obviously he's done a lot of Godzilla, but you know, there's there's plenty of just you know fantasy art and science fiction that I'd seen. I just I just you know he in my mind growing up, it was just like he was just one of those cool artists. 
And it just, you know, so it made sense to reach out to him to do the EK Boys poster. So what I wasn't counting on was really, really connecting with him uh, to the point that he was, he and his wife were there at the the screening in Boston. Uh, mm. You know, he's, uh, you know, he, he's the little, the, the, uh, the older brother I never knew I had. Um, and, you know, we're just very much on the same wavelength about a lot of things. I mean, not, not, not just tokusatsu. Um, and so it's kind of like, okay, like th- there is something bigger going on here. And, you know, I think, uh, I, I think I have as little bil- ability to articulate w- what it is as, you know, as any person does about the cosmic mysteries, but, uh, you know, art, art brings people together. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. All right. All right. Uh, so, so, Jay. so yeah, so going back a tiny little bit, you had touched on primarily, like you said, you're a screenwriter and now director. Uh, and you kind of touched on a tiny little bit of the other hats you've worn, but in a sort of general day-to-day vibe, what typically do you do? What do you usually do beyond screenwriting and directing? And what have you done that kind of led you up to this point? You know, what are you, I think you kind of briefly mentioned doing a little bit of a work with, uh, I think programming or video game work. I didn't quite catch a hundred percent, but I, I know you had mentioned it before at another point. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I um, uh, I mean, I, I'm, uh, so I, I think I'm what is known as a hyphenate, uh, or maybe, <laughs> maybe the other euphemism would be uh, that I have a diverse resume. Um, and I mean, another way of putting that is uh, that it's just there's uh, there's really no no way to just a, there there are very few paths to just. Uh, tell stories and fully make a living from that. Um, and or at least certainly when you're starting out, um, you know, fortunately more, you get more and more opportunities is the further along you get. Um, and I've been very blessed that way. Um, so I, like my first professional opportunity in Japan was as a theater actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I got cast in an adaptation of Hamlet. Um, so, uh, you know, Hamlet, there's the, uh, the play within the play. Um, so the, the play I went on tour, it, it was really neat. It was a tour of, uh, of no theaters. So the NOH and, um, you know, the, the, act, the main actors were all Japanese. They were professional Noah and Kyogen actors. Uh, but the, the, the play within the play, the player troupe, that was uh, three foreigners. So I was the player king in there. Um, and of course, you know, I was, I, I was in my early twenties when this happened and that was just wonderful. And, um, you know, it kind of blew my mind. Um, and open a lot of doors, but, you know, acting, acting, we were talking about this offline, but acting comes and acting goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really wanted to stay in Japan, so I ended up getting a job. At, I, I was determined, you know, I, I'd worked really hard on my Japanese, and I was determined to get a job in Japan that was um, th- that was not English teaching. Um, it, I mean, English teaching is great, um, and I've got some dear friends who've made careers of it, uh, but it was just, I had... I want to do something where I'd be using Japanese day to day and ideally something to be creative um, and also needed a visa. So hustled, um, you know, got close in a few things, few things fell through. And the thing that ultimately panned out is um, I basically I became the uh, what I'll jokingly call the all purpose foreigner at a, um, at a gaming startup um, and small company, but with big ambitions. Um, They've since evolved into a uh, an AI company, um, one of the the leading AI companies in Japan. And so that's because I've stayed friends with them. It's it's interesting to sort of see. It's been interesting uh, to sort of 
you know, AI is blowing up right now, but I was starting to get my first window into that world a few years ago. Um, the other six degrees of separation I'll share there is that the the CEO of the company, who also become a dear friend um, and has a, a cameo in Ike Boys, his his best friend is uh, Shinji Higuchi. So it's this it sort of goes to say, like, it's whatever world you work in, like, you know, just be a good person <laughs> because it, <laughs> it, it, it will bear fruit. Um, so, yeah, so so that that I mean, that was an awesome job. And it, it would have been uh, an awesome job. Good people. And obviously, I'm telling you, you know, I'm still in touch with. Um, a lot of people from that. Um, I what I discovered, you know, and if the goal had been to do something creative in Japan, and that was just it, you know, th th that would have been the dream job. Um, but uh, I was, you know, I, I quickly found that I was spending all of my free time, um, you know, but making films. Um, and this continued for a couple years. And I realized, okay, I need to, um, I mean, I really need to pursue film. Um, and uh, so I uh, mm -hmm. got an, an MFA from uh, New York University, um, but I continued to return to Japan both to do uh, do my films there, but also um, to for, uh, for work and during the holidays, um, and then eventually after I graduated. Uh, and so I... Um, I, I got a job as a, a producer at an animation studio, um, and you know that was using my Japanese. But uh, that you know that was really wonderful because the the training I was getting at NYU that was all live action. But um, you know through my work at the, the animation studio, I was basically getting a second film school in in animation, um, both two D and three D, um, and so. Um, did that and um i mean i kind of ended up cobbling things together um i uh, you know they're the the sort of the thing that they they say at film school is like you'll leave with a feature film in your back pocket and a a, a short film and you send the short film to festivals and you'll meet producers at festivals and then get your feature film going it's never actually that easy but i did hustle my ass off and basically got a very into that because um my the MFA thesis film, uh, it it really had a wonderful festival run, um, and um, won a lot of awards, and that that did open the doors that that got EK Boys made. Um, so, uh, so so I mean, now I continue to work freelance, and I'm I'm you know working ahead on several more film projects. Uh, my uh, I don't know if you call it a day job or not because it's uh, you're it. Uh, this is something where you're uh, expected to be working on film anyway as part of the job is uh, I'm a, a professor um, at, a, at a film school. Um, so I'm teaching um, animation and screenwriting and um, uh, Japanese cinema. Uh, so, uh, I mean, the professor life is not for everyone, but it's certainly for me. Uh, it's I get to share something I'm passionate about with equally passionate people and uh, part of the job description is you're expected to continue to be working on your work. Uh, so there's, uh, no, no free lunch there. Um, so <laughs> that's, uh, it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's been a long and winding road, but I mean, the, you know, the connective tissue has been a desire to tell stories. Um, you know, these are things, all things that either enabled, you know, that, that either directly or indirectly enabled me to be, uh, telling the stories I wanted to tell. Um, and that's been the journey, journey so far. Well, all right. So I very, guess, the, uh, I was right. very 
trying to think of the right way to put it. Uh, I don't want to say storybook, but it's very, very, very much the uh, the modern day Renaissance man. I guess is the a good way to put it, <laughs> explaining your story. Well, shucks, it, you know, and, and the funny thing about it is, is uh, you know, I, I'm not that old, but I am old enough to sort of like look look back at this and be like, oh, okay, so that's you know. This is a bit of what I was talking about with Brendan at um, uh, Brandon at um, at Anime Boston is like, OK, you know, it's like I, I have very specific goals. And, you know, of course, they don't exactly turn out, you know, the way you plan, but gotten pretty darn close. Um, and I don't know. I mean, that sure some of that is luck, but a lot of it, you know, a lot of luck is, is make your own luck. Um, so I've been I've been very blessed. Mm hmm. Um, again, he, hearing hearing your your story, it is very inspirational to someone like me because again, I I am someone who is in a lot of productions of stuff like that, and it really does ring true to me because you know you you I worked with so many people who have just that they, who have that uh I I use the word hutzpah I like it's I that gusto, and it really does like like even hearing you now, it's like man, I I kind of just want to go out right now and make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so much of it. I mean, really, so much of it is mental. Uh, it, it's it, you know, it's it's the difference between waiting for someone to give you permission and giving yourself permission. Uh, you know, that's uh, you know, it, kind of an easy thing to say because it's like th that decision needs to be iterated over and over and over again. But you know, it a lot of it is mental. So yeah, go go make that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a that is a great way to put it. You know. Uh, you don't wait for someone to give you permission. Give yourself permission. I love that. That's actually a really good way to put it. <laughs> That's a very good quote. Yeah. Um, so I guess moving on to the other questions we had, uh, one of the ones that, well, I'm going to let Jay ask his, but I actually want to want to ask this one just to kind of set it down. Um, what was the inspiration behind making the movie's time setting 1999? Because I feel like that was a very specific uh, choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, um, so some of it is tied to the, um, you know, just the, the semi-autobiographical nature of the film um, in that, you know, uh, I mean, it, it ties roughly into sort of when I came of age, although I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit younger than the characters in the film are, um, but it, you know, it, 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 it's based off of lived experience as part of it. Um, the... The sort of this more salient, deeper creative reason is, uh, you know, it's just like 1999 was an interesting time. You know, it, um, you know, we, we were concerned about the world ending uh, and, <laughs> um, and and there's multiple layers to it because, you know, there's the Y2K issue and there's the sort of, you know, millennial prophecies issue. But, you know, what, what a lot of people aren't as aware of in the West is that like the prophecies of Nostradamus were really big in Japan. And, you know, there, there was a lot of like, I mean, there was the Y2K concern, but there was a lot of just kind of like spooky stuff in the ether in Japan about like this be there being this kind of biblical Armageddon coming in. And so that just, you know, that's just an and, you know, with that, it's a coming of age film. So, uh, you know, when you're in puberty, a lot of that's just like is really like it's kind of like white hot terror of what is coming. Like, oh, my gosh, adulthood, what's that going to be? So. <laughs> That just seemed like, you know, that's a whole lot of things all seem to be pointing in the same direction as like growing up. Oh, the world's ending. It's like 1999. The world, the world's ending. Like there's something that had a particular Japanese flavor, but also a, you know, 
uh, something that certainly resonated in America. Um, and I think maybe the biggest thing is, you know, it, like there's a lot of really scary stuff going on in the world right now and certainly have been over the past few years, um, mm. you know, like between all the talk of climate change and, you know, uh, uh, without stepping on anyone's toes politically, there's just been uh, a lot lot of ups and downs politically in the world. I'll put it that way. <laughs> the most mild way you could possibly put it, yes. Uh, trying rightly or wrongly to be antiseptic, although, yeah, uh, that, that, I, I, just, I don't want to go in that rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you don't have to dig very far to find my political views. Um, but... Um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, now with AI and so, um, you know, there, there's just, there's a lot of just kind of dread in the air and I don't know. I mean, we've dealt with dread before and I, I wanted in some small way to put a message out there into the world saying like, Hey, we've been here before and we've muddled through. And a lot of what enabled us to muddle through was friendship and kindness um, so I wanted to tell a story that said, basically, friendship and kindness is what will ultimately save the world. Um, and yeah, that, that was the, that was the, the thought process. All right. All right. So I'm going to steal AJ's question here because Why? it's a nice question because it's a good way to spring off of where he just left How off dare AJ. You? You, well, you should you should have asked it first. You, you I, had your I, chance, I, I, and you you, you I, I, had I, your chance. Excuse me, excuse me. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare I? <laughs> exactly. Steal your question. Anyways, go for it. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, I got the giggle stuff. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so you did mention uh, the movie is semi autobiographical, and I know AJ was wondering. What specific parts would you say are more autobiographical? Like, uh, you know, such as going on a shady 90s websites to find potential bootlegs and, you know, the, the <laughs> weird fan site. Like in the uh, there's the scene in the movie where um, I'm blanking on the main character's name, uh, Quinn Lord's character. Uh, he he goes on the the fan site for the movie and um it's it's like it's a, this weird fan blog about the this lost movie that's got like no information on it and it's in like Jap and it's in Japanese and he can't read it like that's kind of a that's a relatable thing like for a 90s anime nerd is to just find some random fan site about something that you've never heard of and you can barely understand so <laughs> to to be fair though Jay that's uh that's more relatable to us now because that's basically our show hey Jay that does is... this have any information nope <laughs> to be fair yeah that is, that is basically uh about half of what goes into making one of an episode of our podcast is uh, us and AJ. And by, wait. Us and AJ. <laughs> Brain moment. It's late. Uh, AJ and I uh, are going on to like old fan sites and just like digging through like the most obscure Toku databases to find any information about these random shows. Like, <laughs> So someone so forgot that, to that, update their GeoCities. <laughs> I I've literally had to look at several GeoCities pages before looking up information <laughs> on stuff. Mm. Oh, oh my Angel god! Fire. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, there was there was Vanny Nights that one time where we we basically had to like 
go digging in like late early 2000s late 90s internet i'm just like man what is this (laughs) (laughs) yeah well okay so um well well, i mean there's a lot to say and answer that question but you know in specific answer we're talking about there oh oh boy oh yes i can relate to that um that uh and and that early internet i mean i i discovered so much through that um and so i'll I'll, so a couple things so the website in the film that um so it's inspired by a couple of things. So the the sort of the version of that for me, I mean, look, there's multiple websites. The one that was my real, um, you know, sort of poison of choice was a site called Barry's Temple of Godzilla. Oh, my um, God. And um, and uh, yeah, and I actually um, I, I have uh, I've been trying to get into I, I exchanged emails with Barry a few times over the years. Um, been trying to get in touch with him uh, to let him know that there's, you know, uh, he, in many ways, uh, you know, it, it, it both overt and subtle ways, uh, played a role in the creation of this film. So if anyone knows how to get in touch with Barry Goldberg, uh, let me know, uh, because I, I want to thank him and give him a virtual hug. Uh, so yeah, so, so that was, you know, kind of the, both the spiritual and the visual inspiration, but you know, it's, it's a Japanese site in the film. So I actually, um, I asked my, uh, my best friend who's, who's also a film director and is about my age, you know, like what, what did he look at in Japan? And he, and he sent me some links and it was really cool. Cause it was like, you know, it's it, the very much the same vibe of Japanese websites. Um, and like, what's also cool is like, there's a lot of them that are still up and running and like still web 1.0 and it's, you know, so, <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so, I mean, that was fun. Um, just even just putting together the, um, the fake website for the film, uh, you know, cause it's like, you know, I, the, the back and forth with, um, uh, you know, with, with uh, you know, my, I have a, a bilingual assistant, Yoshie Fukuda, who, like, I mean, I'm also fluent in Japanese, but because it's my second language, I always work with a native speaker um, for native Japanese stuff. And so, you know, we're back and forth about the text on the site. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fun Easter eggs just written into the Japanese text, uh, you know, and little things like there's, um, you know, there, there's little waving uh, Japanese flags on the site. So like you know, the, the sort of the, the lore in there is that it's a site run by an ultra nationalist who <laughs> believes that like, uh, you know, the, 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 the films of Daisuke Ogata are, are like part of a, a coming uh, Japanese Imperial Renaissance. So, Oh boy. It's a, uh, <laughs> the, the, there's, there's all kinds of, you know, filmmaking is a series of, uh, of decisions and uh, you can have, too much fun with those decisions sometimes um so yeah so so that's that's the website um oh and the other thing i'll say on there is uh i, I mean you bet your life i um i bought pirated vhs tapes and um I, not not only that but my pirated vhs tapes are actually they're part of the production design in sean's bedroom um and uh, i felt comfortable doing that because you know a it's like i want that choice but also i have since uh, legitimately bought all of those films since going to japan so I, whatever, whatever crime I committed as a child, uh, I have since, I don't know, I I have since done my capitalist uh, penance and, uh, you know, given some money to the creators. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so, so those those are some, but but there's a lot of, I mean, there's, there's a lot of overt and subtle things. I mean, so yeah, I mean, Sean is basically me. Um, and Vic is basically my best friend in high school. Um, 
Now, uh, th there was no Japanese um, foreign exchange student. Miki is a, like, she's a composite of uh, various friends of mine who I've met since going to Japan. Um, and, uh, you know, and you extrapolate out, you know, the other parts of the film, there's, there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of fiction in there. Um, I mean, so like the relationship between Sean and his dad, you know, that's kind of sort of, you know, like the, the warmth there is certainly based on my, my own relationship with my father, but the father himself, like he, he, he's a composite based more on, you know, on friends of mine. Um, but there are, I mean, like the the school in the film. That's the school I grew up at, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of little things like uh, you know the that kind of like stone playground where the boys are testing out their powers. Like that that was the playground I played on in kindergarten and and scraped my knee um, <laughs> the first time. And like the the bunny quilt that my mother made for me. That's on that's on Sean's bed. Um, you know, oh. th there's a lot of and and you know so you know some of that is just you know it's calling in favors to get a film made um the the, the deeper you know the real deeper thing going on i mean I, I took a lot of inspiration from uh american graffiti where you know there's a, a heck of a lot of george lucas in that film um you know in a very similar way and it, you know the, you know there's an expression in art you know specificity is universal and you know, I really wanted to make something that, you know, it, it spoke about, you know, spoke to the experience of growing up and, uh, you know, and friendship and all these things. And and I, I wanted to make a film that people would like. I wanted to make the kind of film that like you, you had a really shitty day and you need something to pick you up. And it's like you like, OK, I'm going to watch, you know, I'm going to watch EK Boys. I really need to feel better. And I was thinking like, OK, well, if, I, if I'm going to ask someone to sort of like, you know, watch my work in when they're in a low moment, like I owe it to them to also make myself vulnerable and be honest with them. And I think by doing that, I, I stand a better chance of actually making something that will genuinely touch people and make them feel better because, because I'm not just feeding them platitudes. I'm, 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 I'm showing them what I, what I feel and believe and showing them who I am. Um, and so, yeah, so I don't know. On a lot of levels, I I really did try to put myself into it, and yeah, I mean, it's there. There you go. So you go. Jay, you so want to go next? Go or... Sure. Well, now on to uh, my one of my actual questions. Um, I guess we could just uh, as we get through go through the various aspects of the movie, we can just kind of touch on you know how how did pre production go? Just kind of. I guess let's start with uh, casting, because I know we have a couple of questions regarding specific casting elements. So how did like the, the casting process go? What, what were your what were your thoughts when it came to picking certain actors or seeking out certain individuals or whatnot? Yeah, well, um, you know, uh, so I guess I would say, you know, casting was a uh, uh, was uh, so the, the the how the sausage got made with, uh, you know, uh, all the sort of back and forth of context that was, you know, challenging, but, uh, the end result is one I'm really happy with. Um, I mean, it, it was a lot of, it, I mean, it was a lot of looking for, for actors who, you know, who, who I, I, for various creative and personal reasons felt like, you know, just like felt like the right fit for the roles. Um, so, um, you know, Quinn, um, Quinn Lord, who's, who plays Sean, uh, the lead character, uh, you know, I, 
So I, you know, I, I knew of him from, you know, from Trick or Treat and The Man in the High Castle. And mm-hmm. that was, it was just a, a hunch, honestly. Um, but also, you know, sort of a good reputation professionally. And so uh, Quinn is the the little brother I never knew I had. Um, uh, like, we're, to a spooky degree, we're just on the same wavelength about a lot of things. And one of the real rewards of this process is just, We've just become friends who talk regularly about things that have nothing to do with EK boys. Yeah, I remember during uh, Anime Boston during uh, both the showing and you had a later panel. Uh, you you guys you guys had such a natural chemistry with each other. I I was really surprised. I uh, I was really enjoyable though. It it did kind of remind me a tiny little bit. You know, not not to not to make ourselves look better. It reminded me a little bit of AJ and I, but uh, <laughs> I did really I did really enjoy uh, your your guys' chemistry. It felt very natural. Yeah, well, and again, and these are things that uh, this is again where I, you know I I think there are there's things that bring people together and we don't fully understand. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so, um, so then, uh, Ronick and Christina, uh, play Vic and Miki, then, you know, the, the, those were auditions. Um, and that was, you know, that honestly came down to having good casting directors and just helping us find the right fit. Um, and you know, they, they, in their own ways have also become, um, uh, wonderful, wonderful friends. Uh, like, I mean, Christina, I, you know, I've, I've hung out with her family, uh, back in Tokyo. Um, and, uh, you know, multiple times now at this stage and uh it's you know i i think it's you know some of its fate um some of it's just sort of you know good goodwill put together but yeah i mean that that was through auditions um then uh now some of the bigger names so um so you know billy zane that was you know it's like you know we, we really wanted a a name for that role and <laughs> you know, and, and it's like and, and billy uh, like it just kind of you know p- part of it it was like it's the sort of the 90s connection um and you know it was also a just a a vibe it was just like okay he he's you know he's the right person for that you know he, he brings the right energy there um, oh absolutely. absolutely and um and and so you know it, it it takes some work to get someone like that, but you know this is again where we were lucky. Our casting directors had a, a good relationship with him, and that you know, I he you know was basically made the offer and he said yes. Um, but you know, in order to be in a position to make the offer and say yes, like that that took some that took some doing. It's actually funny you mentioned that because we were going to ask about Billy Zane because. Uh, Jay and I, we, the moment we saw him in the movie, like when we, when we saw that trailer and we saw him in there and we're like, all right, <laughs> what's, what's he, yeah, what's that, he doing here? <laughs> that's yeah. That's Billy. Billy Zane is one of those actors where, uh, you see him in anything and that's an immediate, all right, I gotta, I gotta watch this now. It, he's. He he is definitely a draw for a variety of reasons. For for so. Jay and I especially. <laughs> yeah. We're we're such we're marks for Billy Zane, I'll be honest. He he is. He's 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 a wonder he's a wonderful man in every role. It bring brings a brings a very interesting energy. Uh, I'll, that's the that's the mildest way I'll put it. Not to speak ill of the man, of course, but Well, I I I hope it will delight you to know that 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 same energy is um 100 and well, it it uh, it it is a thousand percent there uh, in person. Um, he, <laughs> he 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 is a he is a trip to spend time with. Um, it um, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think um, you know some of it was getting into character, and some of it was just 
kind of the wavelength he was on. But Billy showed up in Oklahoma for the film in a big old Stetson um, <laughs> boots, and and it was just he he was he was in Oklahoma and he was going to be a cowboy, and oh, my God. <laughs> it was, and it it just kind of it, it went from there. Um, and yeah, it, it uh, conversations with him are they are they they will range from painting to music to family to um yeah he uh he introduced me to the joy of water teenies <laughs> uh, i remember you told that story t- t- <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry well uh, no a water teeny is um well you know it, it's a non-alcoholic uh, martini so you you replace the alcohol with with water um and prepare it just the same uh but it, uh, once you've had it you'll realize the difference <clears throat> <laughs> he he truly seems like a honestly Billy Zane seems like the type of cat that I would love to hang out with. No, he it, it it's fun. Uh it's you don't I mean it, it's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like taking um psychedelics. It's like you just <laughs> you just you 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 commit to going on the journey. Uh speaking of the journey though, um I I noticed this the moment cuz Jay said take a look at the uh the main character's dad, Sean's dad. And the moment I saw him, I was like, how did it feel directing John Crichton from Farscape? <laughs> oh, boy. Ben is, uh, well, again, like that, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Farscape fan. And so, like, you know, that's, you know, it, it's it's a mixture of just, like, having a hunch that Ben would have the right vibe. But also just, like, you know, I want that, you know, I, I wanted to play in that sandbox. Um, and, um <laughs> You know, one of them, and I get a little emotional saying this, but um, Ben has also uh, since become a friend, um, and, and and his family is is absolutely wonderful. It's um, but one one of the the discoveries that I've made on this is so you know, works of art don't just happen. I mean, they're made by people, and and the the sort of the human spirit goes into them. And you know, I, I think there are many, many, many forces that made Farscape what it was. Uh, many people involved, and a lot of it is the fact that it was, you know, done in Australia. Um, uh, but, you know, it, the thing I discovered, I mean, a lot of it is Ben's personality really seeped in and flavored that thing. Um, I mean, so Ben is, I mean, first of all, he's just, he's a class act. He's just, he's a real gentleman. He's... Like, you know, he has just the right degree of, you know, he of of humility, but also, you know, faith in himself. Um, but he is just, I don't know, like he's he's 50 something going on 12. Um, <laughs> he's just he's a big kid. And like uh, he did like feed him a Dr. Pepper and, and he'll just start firing ideas and getting playful and like doing funny voices. And, you know, some, some of the, like the, you know, like it's, you know, he, he took the script, but like there, there's some, I mean, there, oh God, there's some, some like some ad libs he did that like some of the best ones are in the film. Um, but there are many others that I hope to put on a Blu-ray someday. He just, he, in the best possible way, he's an idea machine. And and part, part of what's great about it is it not in a, like, diva actor you have to wrangle way, in a, like, fun friend that you're collaborating with. And it's like, I don't know, you, you're you're sharing the journey together. Um, ben is just awesome. He is, uh, I, I, every movie should have Ben Browder in it. And 
uh, I want to make many more movies with Ben Bratter in them. Uh, hopefully one of those movies is a Farscape movie because that, that needs to come back somehow. <laughs> I've, I've told Ben that, that, that like, this is my, my mercenary project to get involved in the Farscape revival. <laughs> hey, it's about time. It's, uh, been what? It's, uh, 20 years since the, the end of the series, I think, or something like that. It's, it, it, that, that show was ahead of its time and has aged wonderfully, um, having recently rewatched it. Um, it, yeah, no, so I'm shameless mercenary attitude here um i went in on the ground floor floor of the follow-up um <laughs> and uh yeah i mean i i have i have a pitch which I, I i shared with him and uh yeah i mean i think i without stepping any toes i think my pitch was within the ballpark of what various powers that be are are pitching so uh here here's out to you universe make mm-hmm. this happen just just on Farscape, Jay, we got to review that one of these days. Just, just we, on, we should. We, we, we really should. That That's uh, prime material for us. Farscape and Stargate. Well, they guessed on that again. I've seen the entire show six times. So. <laughs> wow, that's, that's impressive. impressive. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely ring you up when that time comes because we're we're definitely going to do that one of these days. Um, yeah, please, again, like it, it have its time and it's aged really well. So. So the the question that I was going to ask originally, which I, I don't think really has much weight anymore, because you basically just told us. Oh, but I'll ask it anyways. Was <laughs> it a challenge to work with actors who spoke very different languages? Not for me, because I put in so many years of effort to learn Japanese. Um, so, um, so so Christina, who plays Miki, so she grew up in Tokyo, but she went to an international school, and her parents are fluent in English, so she's fully bilingual and her her kind of pigeon english in the film that is that is entirely her just tremendous skill as an actress um so um you know and then you know sean and vic like the whole gag is like they're supposed to be trying real hard but not actually speaking japanese that well um so that you know that was that was pretty straightforward um you know but but again like also the thing with working with christina because she and i are both bilingual is we could you know we could talk about the nuances of, of what we wanted there. Um, so, um, so the other big one, you know, that would be uh, uh, Yumiko Shaku, um, who plays the villainous uh, Reiko. And again, I so that, that was another one where I've just um, like that's just such a like I was a fan of her work and I knew she'd be perfect for the role. And then when she was interested and that worked out, I just like that's just. That that was a gift, and a bigger gift is that again, like I mean, not uh, not to be a broken record, but a lot of these people have have become friends. I mean, I've I've now you know hung out with her and her family a bunch, and actually we exchanged uh, text messages earlier today. Um, uh, just um, yeah, um, Yumiko is awesome out there, and uh, filmmakers listening, uh, everyone should work with her. She is. Uh, super talented and well prepared, and just an awesome uh, like w- one of these people. She's beautiful inside and out, and I'm like, okay, you you have flaws hidden somewhere, but I'm not sure what they are. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, so so she worked overseas before, but you know, it's mostly that was me, you know, talking to her in Japanese. Um, the thing we did there on so like um, her family came to set, and so like there were uh, and her husband's bilingual, so there was just kind of a a support system there but the other thing is you know we had a, a bilingual uh, japanese assistant on set so 
that just kind of made everything smooth, but there weren't really any big issues. And again, a lot of it was just creating the right environment and the fact that I've spent, you know, a decade plus in and out of Japan. All right. Well, to snipe one of Jay's questions, because he took mine. So, <laughs> so <it's> fair. Fair. <laughs> were there any particular parts of the production that may have given some hardships or just incidents that made the production kind of slow or maybe even halt? Oh, boy, howdy. Yes, there were. Um, yeah, I mean, every film is hard to make. Um, and like that, that's just filmmaking. It's just like uh, shit goes down on movies. Uh, but like some re- like some shit went down on EK Boys. Um, some of which I don't like even I'm not I can tell you guys offline, um, but like probably shouldn't say in a public forum. So but, but like th- th- that that level. Um, oh, okay. so, 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 I'm now I'm spicy. I'm in, now I'm interested. Now, now you got me. Now you got me curious, man. I gotta I gotta know. Yes. Yeah, so, so in addition to the just the the regular, you know, but 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 like so here are some things that I can share publicly, which are spicy enough. I mean, so uh, so we were filming this um, in um, you know the beginning of 2020, and thankfully wrapped right before COVID, which already I mean, like, look, there's a story there. Um, and and like we think we may I think actually Ben might have had COVID um, because that was one of the last things we were filming. And he, he uh, actually the scene where he's talking with Miki by the truck, um, if his face seems a little red there, it's because he had something that was probably COVID. Uh, again, that's not what, how much of a pro he was. Is he just kind of like action and switches it on. Um, and then immediately we cut like kind of slumped into a chair um so yeah so so that's one thing um uh is yeah uh just how grateful we were that like thing the world was sort of collapsing and we finished filming right in the nick of time and then had a whole year of post-production and you know animation and everything remotely which was you know crazy um while we're all worrying about dying um (laughs) But 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 I was like other things too. So the other thing going on in 2020 is um, again not to get political, but there was a, a certain administration in the White House, um, America First, uh, and um, so uh, yeah. So um, we uh, <laughs> uh, you know so so had to get work visas for um, the the Japanese actors. So. Uh, you know, so, so Yumiko Shaku, she's a big name actor in Japan. Like her face has been up on billboards. And the thing is, you know, the immigration attorney told us it's like absolutely no problem because it's like, you know, proving a work record and like the, the, it'll that'll just sail right through the, the visa process because such a well-established, like a visibly well-established person. Well, uh, less than a month before the start of filming, her visa got declined. Uh, oh and God. you know and and essentially they told us hire an american <laughs> oh my god so we had to appeal the decision and if you look at the special thanks you'll see some pretty crazy names in the credits and like the favors that we pull like we we pulled um to get like special i mean so like the the producer of the of um of the graduate like his name is in the credits because it's like this like crazy like it's like, you know, just, again, just insane favors um, we're calling in. And, but we have to start filming. And we, like, we actually, in the middle of filming, we, like, we 
shifted the schedule twice, like, as we, like, kept, like, pulling, like, down to the, like, the last sort of possible second to, like, try to get her in the film. And actually, we had another actress lined up who was prepared to take the role. And, um, like, so the we got through half of the shoot without knowing whether or not she was actually going to be in the film. And then um, her visa got approved the morning of her flight that she was that we had already rescheduled three times um, and came in and met at the airport. And we both immediately started crying because we were so relieved. And then it was like and then we had this joke. It's like, oh, OK, like that. Uh, let's not actually get satisfied here because we still actually have to like make <laughs> Oh, and, and, you know, but, but then, uh, you know, when, when we're going out to shoot the finale, um, out, uh, you know, in the middle of the Oklahoma, I mean, that, that, that's out in, that is shot out in the middle of the Oklahoma Prairie, uh, you know, a good hour away from civilization, uh, and in the middle of the winter. So crazy cold weather, there was a ice storm. Um, we had to delay shooting, um, because, uh, vehicles got bogged down in mud that froze. Um, there, um, yeah, uh, like, um, <laughs> this isn't quite a, a thing that went wrong, but just something spooky uh, was um, when Reiko's delivering her monologue, um, you know, the, the firelight, um, the middle of the night, a bunch of coyotes started howling. It's just like, <laughs> oh. we're, we're like, you know, like, she, she's so scary that the animals are responding. It's like, <laughs> so it was... Yeah, I mean, like, um, and again, like, just the general craziness of COVID and like, yeah, I mean, there are all kinds of stuff. And again, like, some really juicy stuff that I just, I, I don't yet feel comfortable sharing publicly, because, yeah, it, it, some shit went down. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jay. Uh, well, uh, that is interesting that you mentioned that, but, uh. That does kind of that is one the uh, apologies brain moment. Uh, I guess that's a good way to spring off to another question that I had is that uh, is there anything that you wish that you could have gotten to the movie but that for various reasons you had to cut? Like I know you were mentioned there, obviously with the actress, you might have had a recaster, but was there anything that ended up not working out? Was there anything that you absolutely had to scrap or? didn't quite make it far enough in production to be able to be used or anything for like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, th th there is, um, and fortunately the, they're the kind of, the things that aren't in the film that I wish were in the film are the kind of things that like, they bug me as a director and an artist. But n if you ask a third party, none of them are, um, uh, like I can't bring myself as writer and director to admit it, but, um, any normal person would say, oh, you're the only one who's ever going to care about that. Um, you know, they're all, they're all directory perfectionist things. Um, and it's interesting cause it's like, you know, it, this, this is not, you know, this is not a movie that's trying to be a Marvel movie. It's, you know, it very much embraces the, you know, the, the, um, the handcrafted aesthetic. Uh, and, and like, I've had, you know, people ask like, if you'd had a bigger budget, like what would you have done differently? And, I definitely would not have uh, replaced all of the tokusatsu with CG or anything like that. Um, that that is, you know, but but it, it's things like um, 
you know, I, uh, you know, I would have had, I would have had more cultists. Uh, I would have, I mean, honestly, I like, I would have, you know, it's, I'm a perfectionist. Like I would have like, there, there are scenes where just because of the nature of the schedule, it was two to three takes, get what I needed and then move on and just, just need to get the next shot. And there are times where doing five or six takes and sort of, you know, letting actors really sort of lose themselves in it, like interesting things can emerge. And, you know, I, fortunately, my the schedule was done in such a way that they're really emotionally important scenes. I was able to do that. Um, but I'm greedy. I want to do that with everything. Um, you know, I had a there's a whole um, uh, additional part of the fight between the boys where that I is actually storyboarded um, where they crashed into the school gymnasium and have a big fight where they're like throwing basketballs at one another and exploding them in the air. And, you know, like uh, uh, it's a super fun scene, uh, you know, but it and, you know, it's just, you know, time and money. Um, uh, and, you know, and then, then there's again, there's just a lot of like, you know, directory stuff like uh, I mean, there's plenty of beautiful, um, you know, beautiful Oklahoma footage in there. But like, uh, you know, with more time and money, like there's even more of that that I would have liked. So, um, again, I'm fortunate. to. I mean, I'm really fortunate to say, like, it, it's the movie I wanted to make. Um, and it, it uh, you know, uh, you know, and sort of nuance. It's the movie I wanted to make. And the things that aren't in it that I wish were in it are just more of what's there or in my view better versions of what's there um mm -hmm. but it's a, that's a, a privileged and lucky uh, lucky position to be in mm, i think that's a good way to uh sort of explain it is that you as a writer director it bothers you but somebody who isn't necessarily like me where i do a lot of kind of like writing and for scripting and stuff like that i have a very same mentality where I would like to put stuff like that in there. And if I can't get it to work or if I can't get it in there, I'm going to be bothered by it. But somebody who might not necessarily be as attached to the project or somebody who's sort of a third party, they're going to be like, it's not that big of a deal. Although I'll give you this one. The, uh, the big epic doomsday cult having like six guys total to be fair. That's basically like every tokusatsu villain group is that they have like six guys max beyond the monster of the week. So I mean, you know what? I'll give them this much. At least they were six different guys, unlike most tokusatsu, where they're just three guys that they mirrored. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh, 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 watch. Yeah, uh, but, but watch the fight scene closely, guys. Uh, the, the same cultist uh, may or may not die multiple times. That's uh, the, 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 the best part is that I could literally be talking about a tokusatsu from the 70s or tokusatsu from the last week. I know. It's... it's... <laughs> Some things never so change. Right. Uh, well, and, again, uh, and, and, that, and then that is part of where it's like, you know, if I had had more money, it wouldn't really have gone to things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it it, 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 it just, you know, it, it would have been more enhanced versions of what's there. Like, because again, like the whole point is to do something in that, you know, in that spirit and aesthetic. I, I do believe though, in a way, uh, having those sorts of limitations does still keep true to the spirit of tokusatsu because at the end of the day and jay and i know this very well tokusatsu mm -hmm. even from its inception they they work on a budget of two yen and a ham sandwich so mm -hmm. so even if something and a, whole, and a whole lot of ingenuity and passion so 
e- even if some things to some may come off as that, as Tokusatsu fans, we appreciate that because we're like, you know what? That that's the spirit right there. That's the true spirit, and I and I appreciate it honestly. <laughs> well, I mean the analogy. The uh, well, thank you. Um, the analogy I always give is pro wrestling, which. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Which, which actually, I, I was not a fan of growing up, but I've become a, I've become a convert uh, in my thirties. Actually, one of the, um, one of the producers on the film, he, uh, he, he turned me on to it, and it's the exact same thing. Like, I pro wrestling fans don't watch pro wrestling ironically. Like they, you know, like sure, objectively, there's a lot of stuff that's ridiculous about it, but you, you invest yourself in this heightened world. Um, and boy, is it fun. <laughs> it's, it's so funny you say that. Cause, uh, I, I specifically Jay, Jay dabbles in it, but I specifically am a wrestling fan. I've always have been. Mm. And, you know, seeing tokusatsu and seeing pro wrestling and it's like, man, it, th- these just work together so well. And like you say that honestly, it, it validates my feelings really well. <laughs> It really, yeah, really does. So yes, yeah, so, so um, uh, yeah, so Alex Palmer, if you're listening, um, you know, one of the producers in the film, he like, he, 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 um, you know, sort of like, I introduced him to Tokusatsu, and he's like, you know, I think you would like this, and like, uh, yeah, he, 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 that's that sense become, um, you know, like, when I'm when I'm back in Oklahoma and have some time, that's like, a few things make me happier than an afternoon with Alex drinking beer and watching wrestling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this wasn't the. This wasn't the question originally planned, but uh, what uh, what companies you uh, you feel for? Well, um, well, yeah. Um, and again, I, I need to give the caveat here that I'm I, I'm a, a like a, to, to use um, uh, religious terms. I, I am a novice in this world. Um, you know, I, I'm I, I'm certainly following the faith, but I'm I'm being trained in it. So <laughs> let, let me you know I, I'm I'm giving the opinions of of a you know a newbie. Um, well, look, uh, I mean, WWE, it's like, it's, you know, it's the stalwart. It's been there forever, but AEW is doing some pretty Ooh. cool stuff. So, yeah. So, so if it can do, if it can that, do for that for my dad, for my dad who, he's always, he's always kind of been he's been into it way longer, obviously. He was back, he was back with the, the NWA days with the Freebirds and Flair and all Um, so if he can, if something in wrestling tell, says makes him say that was really fucking cool, I think to me that says that they're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the thing, and again, this is where like I I, I have to be honest about you know I, I know what I don't know, but like what I've picked up on from my learning is how although they've been creating their own self-contained mythology, they also very knowingly nod to the like the mythology that came before in other wrestling companies. And it's like, they're doing it in really, really smart ways. And again, like this is, I mean, like, but again, it like it, that it's, it scratches the same itch that, uh, that Tokusatsu does where it's like, Oh my gosh, like we're getting it, you know, like we're getting a new version of this Kaiju. And like, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> Oh, it's, it, it is fun. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I said it before, but I feel so validated in my belief that Tokusatsu and wrestling are the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's great i i have the biggest smile mm. on my face <laughs> i'm not gonna lie um so you, you would not believe how many times we've had a similar conversation over the years i mean <laughs> i was gonna say because um i mean in our show the podcast that we do 
uh, funny enough, the podcast you're on right now. Um, <laughs> so yes. the uh, we actually do make mention a lot about wrestling. You know, we we use terminology of wrestling. We use a lot of stuff like that because it really does, you know, correlate so well to that. So to hear someone else say that, it's just it makes me smile. <laughs> um, Great mind. So to go to a question that was planned, um, which is not something we usually do. Uh, so outside of like the, the obvious, like Godzilla and Gamera and Ultraman, were there any specific inspirations for certain things like uh, for suits or even even effects? Because as we know in Tokusatsu, certain effects can be related or uh, pinned to certain shows. Like, you know, Ultraman has its specific sound effects, so does Ryder. So were there any specific inspirations for those kinds of things within the movie? Yeah, well, um, so it was really important to me that our character designs in it, that they not be like what I I didn't want them to be homages to specific pre-existing characters. What I really like what I the goal, like all of the great Tokusatsu designs, like they're based off of silhouette theory. It's like you can recognize them by their shadow, you know? Um, and they're just, they're really beautifully designed that way. Um, and like, my goal is like, I wanted to have characters that it's like, if you had like a police lineup, like that, the, like the characters, the fantastical characters in EK boys, like they would fit in with the lineup. Like they wouldn't look like they were, we, we wouldn't be like, Oh, like it was clearly inspired by, you know, uh, you, you know, uh, Ultraman Taro or whatever, but it's like, you know. It, it, it's like, but it, it like it, it would feel like it's like they belong in the family tree, um, you know. And so, like, I, I'm a concept artist uh, Sean Bricknell, like, we we're having initial conversations, and I said, so, so, like, the goal, you know, like, the the key word here is iconic. And I remember him just kind of like taking a breath and like, you know, it's like, that's a big word, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, but, but so, you know, we looked at a lot of references, but then it was, then it was honestly, I mean, it was really, it was like taking elements, but really then just like playing and trying to create our own thing. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's little things like, you know, like Mecha Sean, like, you know, we kind of theorize like that, like Sean was probably into nights as a little boy. So, you know, that's why he's got like a grill over his, uh, his face and kind of has a, like this like knight's helmet look as opposed to, you know, the, like the Ultraman mouth, you know, so there, there's, you know, the little touches like that, that are, they're meant to be just sort of like their own thing. Um, so, you know, the, the Kaiju Vic, like the goal there is, you know, like uh, there, there aren't a whole lot of uh, Kaiju inspired by uh, Komainu, you know, the, um, the, the guardian dogs uh, temples, I mean, there's there's King Caesar, but that's kind of you know, Caesar is different. Um, <laughs> so we took that and then um, threw in some buffalo because it's you know it's based in Oklahoma, um, and th- this may or may you know uh, may or may not make sense, but the the old gods, um, the conversation there is, and we're, we're saying like these aren't actually gods; these are like cosmic demons, basically that sort of like prey on bad feelings. And so actually, you know, we had a long conversation about um, depression and what that feels like. And, you know, we were talking about like this thing, like looming over you and like crushing you down. We're like, okay, well, what if we visualize that? Um, And then, you know, it's a little so like, you know, the the um, 
they're the kind of like their big long smoky tails touching the ground like that's you know that's tornadoes again with oklahoma so it was a lot of sort of i mean a lot of it was looking at um you know looking at the different designs from tokusatsu history and breaking it like why does this work the way it works and, and a lot of what it came down to is it, it, it's a it's a mixture of taking something mythological and then taking something geometric and kind of like finding the most iconic parts of both and then then just kind of you know it's like then a whole lot of fun and a whole lot of playfulness um so yeah so it was it was like it was trying to sort of get into the same headspace but then do our own thing with it all right so jay all right so I believe that's all of the questions we had in regards to the movie directly, but um, I guess this is more more targeted towards you in regards to the movie. Um, what were what were your feelings on sort of the finished project, and more importantly, the overall reception the movie's gotten? Yeah, well, so so look, it's making a movie is is really really hard, um, and you know I. I I said before that, like, you know, it, it, and it's the film I wanted to make. Um, and that is a real gift. Um, so I, you know, the films that have really touched me and like made a difference in my life, like many times, like I, I encountered them, um, years after they were made and like, in just in a wildly different context that they were created for. Like, I'm a big believer in the principle of, you know, great art always finds its audience. Um, uh, actually I'll take away the great, uh, art always finds its audience, uh, you know, cause it's like, it, it, you know, art is the, it's a tool made by people to help other people understand the world. Um, so what I'm getting at here is I, I know how much love and care went into the film, um, spoiler warning a lot. Um, and so I, I know that like, you know, that again, to get a little bit mystical, like, I've put that vibration out there and it's going to harmonize with the people it's meant to harmonize with. Um, so on some level, I'm kind of, you know, the sort of whatever response I get, like that's, that's just kind of gravy. It's like, I just know, you know, I know what went into the film. And so I know that that is going to, that's going to touch the people it's meant to touch on the timetable that it's meant to touch them. Um, that had been said, like, you know, validation is always, uh, validation is always welcome, um, and is always appreciated. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like been pretty darn lucky. I mean, we had a world premiere at Fantastic Fest, which is awesome. Um, and, um, you know, like, uh, at, particularly coming out of COVID, um, and a wonderful couple of screenings at, um, the Buchan, uh, Fantastic Film Festival in Korea. Uh, and you know our U.S. distributor, uh, Shout Factory. I mean, like they're they're really like you you couldn't ask for a better fit um, to mm -hmm. get the film out there um, to you know its uh, core audience. Um, and you know, and, and like and it's a gift now. I mean, like things like Anime Boston are starting to happen. Um, like I, I always kind of just sort of knowing what the fandom's life. I, I I always sort of viewed this as a as a long-term game um like you know of course like the, the the initial splash is great but uh the splash ripples and this kind of i don't know this kind of film like it it's a word of mouth kind of thing like it, it like 
it will find some of its people up front and then more of them over time. Um, and, you know, uh, obviously I can, you know, I and other people involved can push and hustle, play a role in that. But some of that is just organic. Um, uh, and some of that, too, is that I, you know, uh, sure, I'll, you know, I'll continue to, to bust my ass to promote the film, but I'm going to reserve uh, larger and larger chunks of my ass to bust on the next film. So, yeah, a uh, long way of saying I'm really grateful for the reception we're getting. Um, you know, uh, I mean, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, I wasn't predicting that. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, but the bigger thing is, I don't know, like, I I know what went into it, and I know that that's going to that's gonna reach the people it's meant to reach um, when it's meant to reach them. So... I think uh, I'll allow Jay to ask his, his next question, actually, because it segues perfectly. So, Jay. Mm, yeah, so you touched on it a little bit there, but uh, I'll, what are, what's, uh, what's next for you up on the schedule? You, gotta, you, you said you're planning, you know, you're, you're, you're saving sh- chunks of busting your ass for your next movie. So uh, do you, already, you already got some ideas in the works? Because I know, um, you know, not... I, I would hope if you're watching this interview, you've already seen the movie and we've, I know we've already spoiled some elements of the movie, but uh, of course there's the, the, the little sequel hook at the end where uh, news of the events of the movie reaches the director of the anime in the movie. And he decides, well, now I've got to make the sequel. Uh, so do you actually have a plan for a sequel? And if not, what's your, uh, what's next on your, uh, your schedule for your next film? Well, yeah. So, so the answer is yes. Uh, I mean, th- th- there is there is a very specific plan for a sequel that uh, it, as with all uh, you know, great sequels, I'll you know I'll aim big. Uh, it 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 takes the story and then pushes it in a in a big different direction. Um, you know, it, it kind of uh, Ek Boys is sort of aiming north, and then the sequel uh, pushes it off west. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, there, there's definitely a plan there. Um, the sequel involves the kids being a little bit older, so, um, that, you know, uh, it won't be right away, but it is definitely, definitely something I want to do. Um, and yeah, there, there, there is a, there is a very specific story there. Um, yeah, um, so, you know, I worked a lot in animation and I'm working, uh, very hard on, on the animated project, um, uh, which, uh, that and a um, uh, couple other things that are taking a lot of my time, I can't talk about. Um, I'll, I'll um, you know, I'll, I'll say that I'm a big, um, you know, I never outgrew my dinosaur phase. So let me <laughs> kind of let me let me throw that out there. That's that that is most definitely a part of it. Um, the other thing I'm working on that is um, this would be smaller, but just as heartfelt is um, so. Um, there, um, you know, there's cat people and there's dog people, and I'm a cat person among cat people um, to a kind of a like a very very spooky degree. Um, I have actually since childhood I've never had a cat of my own, but people's cats tend to adopt me. Um, <laughs> actually, dur- during the pandemic, um, the apartment I was renting, like one of my ways of, I mean, blowing off stress is I would just sort of take long walks through the neighborhood to decompress from just all of the general nuttiness going on. And um, in the same neighborhood, a group of no less than seven cats. Um, and it, like these, these are all cats with um, 
with happy homes and owners who loved them and fed them. So like th these weren't strays in need of in need of, of shelter. These are just indoor outdoor cats who had big yards and were able to see nutty tall people walking by. Um, these cats figured out that whenever I walked by, if they ran up to me, I would basically stop and give them an unlimited amount of attention. Um, and this escalated to the point where I like befriended their owners and I sort of like became a like a figure, like a, apparently a, a bit of a beloved figure in the neighborhood of like, oh, like the cat man is back. Um, and so what I'm getting at there is like, um, I don't know, like cats and I have a thing going and there have been some great dog movies, but there has yet to be a really great cat film. Um, and in particular, there there is yet to be a great cat film that captures the the kind of the mystical connection um that like i think a lot of cat owners describe so so i'm really pushing on that so that would be um i call it it's it's a love story between a lonely young woman and a and a cat and it greg starts out uh, uh set in japan set in the japanese countryside and um it sort of starts out quote-unquote normal and gradually gets more and more fantastical as it goes so that, that that's that's the, the the most sort of grounded feasible of the things I'm working on, but it's still, you know, you can probably even read between the lines there that like it 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 brings the crazy and will will we'll take some it'll take its own kind of effort because uh cats do not take direction. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, uh that does sound interesting. I uh I'm definitely looking forward to that whenever that uh gets made or gets finished, I suppose. Well, uh, uh, again, um, I, I, I am nothing if not a, um, uh, a uh, I don't know, hard worker. So uh, sooner rather than later. Well, that goes on to another question. So this would be uh, one of our last two before we wrap up here for tonight. So any words of inspiration for those watching or listening to this saying, man, I wish I could do what you do? Oh, well, uh, I mean, I've kind of... It, yeah i mean um kind of said it before i mean so much of this is mental um like there's nothing actually that special about me i just have i've just been stubborn and kept at it um i mean learning japanese was nothing if lot than just a lot of consistent time apply, applied to the same goal and that's the same thing for filmmaking um i have uh a little bit of talent that i've just applied over and over and over again and then next thing i know i've I think actually outstripped um, some people with more talent or who more talent, but less chutzpah than me. So it's really just, if you just, it comes down to deciding to do something and then sticking to it. Let, let, let me throw one up. But, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me, th I, I, the other thing I'll say is um, your human qualities add up in, in ways you're not expecting. And I, I mean, so much of it does come down to being a good person. I mean, I, I've kept talking about like the friendships that I've formed with members of the cast and, and I'm going to get really emotional saying this, but you know, something I found with particularly with, with, you know, with Quinn and, and Ben and Yumiko is discovering that, you know, the, the fact that I, I sort of love the works they're in like that in so many ways was because of, who they actually are as people and what they, I don't know, like the, the sort of what they brought to the works they did. And then, so I, I really like the fact that we become friends. That's not, that's not a lucky happenstance. That's, you know, I, I do believe that's 
you know, our, our sort of our human energies connecting. Um, so I don't like, I don't know, m making films, it's not about like becoming someone you're not, or like trying to become a, like a certain kind of person who you think will be, you know, a better artist or more successful. It's, it really is. It's, you know, be who you are and be a loving, good person. And that, that'll, that'll carry you a long way. That's a great way to put it. Actually. That's a very good way to put it. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, so finally, what is your favorite tokusatsu show? Oh boy, uh, sh show or movie? Uh, whichever, uh, whichever like. one of you like. Oh boy. Uh, well, okay. So, um, but because if I if I pick the favorite, it would have to be a movie, and it's a controversial choice. Um, so I not saying best. I'm saying favorite. Uh, mm -hmm. Um, so, so it would be, uh, it, it, it would be Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, wow. And, and again, I realized that that's a, like, that that is a, a controversial, like both, both at home in Japan and abroad, that is a controversial choice. And like, sure. I, I mean, I, I get it, but it like, it, it touches my happy place. Um, it's, I'd like, I mean, that that's the mood. Like, when I'm in a shitty mood, like, that will make me not in a shitty mood anymore. And, um, and you know, what's even funnier is that, like, there I, I have a group of a half dozen friends in Japan um, where we call ourselves the Space Godzilla Club, and we're, like, <laughs> we're, we're all filmmakers, and we've sort of found one another of we're, like, you know, the few, the proud, the Space Godzilla lovers, and that's another case of like, you know, we, we have, you know, despite all the odds connected across time and oceans. So uh, I don't, you know, uh, there is no accounting for taste. <laughs> well, it was <laughs> definitely a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was expecting like. God, I was expecting one of the the, the really weird ones, like uh, Godzilla versus Megalon. I was expecting that, not Space Look, Godzilla, Godzilla versus Megalon is cinema. It is that movie's great too. I like, you know what? It, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, I mean that 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 is also pretty much guaranteed to rescue me from a foul mood. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, no, I I do like the way you phrase it as a uh, favorite, not best. That's a that's a phrase that I like to use when I refer to a, uh, you know, I really like this. Is it the greatest? No. Is it even objectively good? Not really. But I like that's, it. That's so why I like. That's why I like Final Wars so much. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Wow. Okay. Well, that now that's that's a mic drop right there. <laughs> uh, is it? I I do not agree with him on that sentiment. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, um, in fairness, it's been a while since I've seen it. I love Final Wars. It's got the lobster. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Godzilla kicks Angris into King Caesar and King Caesar Pele kicks Angris. How do you not love that, Jay? It's because it's like it it's it, it gets boring after no, it a doesn't. while. You just don't know how to enjoy it. <laughs> Boy, you know, I'm gonna get off this call and I'm just gonna rock out to that funky funky end credits music. Oh that giant oh, that that is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that one. <laughs> uh, I, I will tell you one thing about a Megalon, though. Apparently, the um, the, the house with all the stairs in that, apparently, it still exists in Tokyo. And um, oh yeah, and I like I um, so uh, th that's a, a pilgrimage I need to go on this at some point. 
If it's for sale, I'll buy it. I'll I'll I'll, I'll have the house with many stairs. <laughs> uh, like like I said, I I guess we all have our our different um our different favorite Godzillas. I mean, Jay's is uh Godzilla's Revenge, obviously. Shut up. <laughs> Die. Hey, hey, you know what, man? No judging. You know, maybe you like uh, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck his name. Bagabon or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> whatever. Wait, no, no. Ah, oh, shoot. Now I'm actually trying to remember the the monster's name. It's like, oh yeah. Um, golly, why is this? Um, and yeah, and this and this is failing me too. Uh, uh, um, uh, not not um, uh, not 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 because um, and I'm thinking of um uh, of Gavin um, Gabra Gabra. Was it? Was it Gabra? Oh yes, it was. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who and like, the irony of this is that he got so beautifully and spookily reborn in um, in Singular Point, which I mean, Singular Point is honestly that's become one of my favorite Godzilla things. Period. I, I think that's just Singular Point is just the cat's pajamas. I have yet to see that, and I might, and I'm gonna have to change that pretty soon. Um, yeah, you are gonna have to change that pretty soon. It's it, 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 it's like that that that's one of the rare ones that I can I can recommend to my non non Tokusatsu fan friends. Um, it's a uh, yeah, it, it's it is really great stuff. Well, I, it would be great for Jay because he is part of the Gabra fan club, obviously. <laughs> Shut Jay, up. you're the first one to buy his SH monster art. He doesn't have yeah, one. Yeah, but you made one. You made one. Passion and love. And love. <laughs> you know what, dude? If they ever make one, I will buy that for you. Just so you can have it. I know you I know you do just it. So you can, you just jerk. so it can stare at you while you sleep. <laughs> oh, but, but Oh, but it's better than that. You can put it into all kinds of sexy poses, so it's like, <laughs> like, like it just Gavra doing the um doing the um burt reynolds oh my goodness you know? oh, my... oh no i could just i could just really hurt jay and just like send it to him super glued hitting the gritty <laughs> <laughs> i could totally picture myself doing that too i don't know why <laughs> um so the worst part is i know you're not joking if you could you i wouldn't. actually would Look, I would be the worst. I would be the world's worst millionaire because I wouldn't even use it on anything for me. I would just do the dumbest things imaginable. <laughs> you would commission SH Monster Arts to create. Nah, bro. I would just like. I would just be like, "Hey, yo, Toho, y'all got that suit line around? <laughs> I got someone who would love it." <laughs> Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, I, now I gotta wonder if they still have it around there somewhere. Oh, I'm I, I'm sure they do. They uh, they 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 guard those things. So, you know, the, the the dream is alive, is what I'm saying. It's uh... I mean, hey, Jay. I mean, the pilgrimage to Japan. Let's go. <laughs> you get to you get to see one Godzilla dude in person. I'm gonna just write your name and be like Gabra. There you go. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, this, this is gonna become a fucking running it joke. Is. It is. I'm gonna just like <laughs> Phil and Charlie. I'm gonna have to Photoshop you with like Gabra on a T-shirt. 
<sighs> I, I, am, I am proud to have played a role in this running jokes inception. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'll get the guy who, uh, who I commissioned for those profile pictures. I'll just get him to do that with you and Gabra. I will just... Oh, you know what? I probably could. <laughs> He'd probably be totally down for it. He'd be like, hey, yo, bro, let's go. He would. Uh, um, I am so sorry that this went off the rails so bad. <laughs> to be fair, this is how literally every episode of our show ends. I, 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 I take it as a positive sign that uh, the, in some small way my, uh, my film could have led to this moment of genius. <laughs> It is like Jay said. We we just kind of go off the rails after 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 the topics. Though it's just a, it's just a party now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So I I guess I guess we could say it like this. Uh, do you have any parting words for our listeners today? Uh, Henshin. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Yes. It's, it's simple yet effective. Yeah. In all aspects of your life, uh, Henshin. You know, I never even got to ask, what's your favorite Kamen Rider series? Oh, um, Amazon. Yo, yo, that's yeah, yeah. That's that's impressive because most people nowadays don't even know the word Showa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and 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 also has uh, easily the best theme song. I love Amazon. Oh, oh, I would probably I would have, I would to, have agree. to agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. Out, out, out of the out show, of the show ones, ones, hard agree. Hard at least yeah. tough. Yeah. Tough. So, so does that mean you're gonna get uh, his actor for Ek Men? Ooh, ooh. Um, no, no comment. But you heard my excited. That'd be a, that'd be incredible. You know what? If you could somehow find a super one for us too. <laughs> <laughs> if you could somehow find that guy, I don't know where he's at, but <laughs> we've we've had this running joke that he's just gonna appear at a convention in America somewhere. We we don't even know how they got him. He's just gonna be there. The, 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 these people are out there, and they generally are happy um, with happy surprised, but happy to find out that people love their work. So just uh, just saying. The dream. I, don't, I don't think Super One would be very happy if people found right him. Nothing is considered, but uh... <laughs> I, I, <laughs> how long can you how long can you get away with the J? Uh, what was it? Twenty seventeen. Uh, I don't know what what is the statute of limitations on uh on embezzlement and fraud? Uh, uh, Asking for a friend, of course. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, I have some friends who are lawyers, so maybe uh, offline we can uh, we can investigate uh, these. Uh... Well, 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 Jay. I mean, embezzlement and fraud statute of limitations is one thing. What's the statute on the of limitations on pissing off the yakuza? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, never. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so. So. <laughs> being said. We do thank you, Eric, for coming on and enjoying and, you know, obviously giving us this interview, but also putting up with our shenanigans this whole time. Um, it has been a joy to have you on. It was, honestly, the, the, the pleasure was mine. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, so with that, we're going to be putting this episode to a close. So I have been AJ. That has been Jay. I didn't even get a chance to use my opening joke, and you know what? I didn't even need. Remember it. that time Jay had an opening joke about comic books? Yeah. <laughs> you have to say which time, Jay. It's just, it's just the status quo flip. It's it, 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 it's it's that's your bit. It's not mine. I just stole your bit right now.
Well, you know what? I'm stealing the end of this episode. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> that being said, we'll see you guys for next time. Bye-bye. Good night.